Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. I know we haven't. We haven't we haven't recorded in a hot minute. So you just told me you switched to the bank. We won't name the bank. Um, but you just switched to the bank that I use for all my business stuff. Yeah. And uh I have to ask, have you seen these billboards that they're putting up? No. Okay. So this upset me and I was like ready. I'm not ready to pull my business accounts, but I was ready to, to, to try to contact somebody. So they have a billboard campaign right now going on and it is a carton of eggs and it's oh, a full carton of eggs yes, and says for him. And then it's a carton of eggs missing two eggs yeah. and it says for her. And then it says, isn't this disgusting? Or this is not a... a, a this is not equity. Equity or, yeah, whatever it says. Yeah, I saw that one. It's on the way to Madison. They're all over now. <laughs> and the <laughs> thing is, is when someone starts to quote these statistics, have you ever heard the saying statistics? Um, what, is, what, what is it? Statistics lie? Yeah. There's a, yeah, but there's an actual quote that goes to it. Like... Uh, 
something li- something statistics lie and liars use statistics or some shit like that. Whatever the quote is, I can't remember how it is. But yeah. when you start to look at these numbers for for the income, right? And we've talked about this on this podcast before, but if you break it down to the actual hours worked in the same job, the income disparity is is within three cents from mm. males to females. Um, but the difference is, is the type of jobs that females are attracted to versus the type of jobs that males are attracted to. Females leave the workforce for years to raise children and then come back with gaps in their work history. Males do more difficult jobs. Males do jobs that are generally um, more dangerous. And, and, and it, it's not to say that like that's better or worse. It's just the financial aspects of a job that's more dangerous is yeah. going to be higher. Yeah. And women tend towards more emotionally beneficial emotionally holistic jobs helping people and and nursing and stuff like that and yeah nursing is becoming you know extremely profitable if you, if you can do it right yeah. but that's where the income disparity comes in it has nothing to do with the same person applying for the same job and the man and then the man is going to make 20% more that's bullshit yeah and so then they have this freaking billboard and every time i see it i just want to call a freaking ceo <laughs> up and be like you realize you make 1.4 million dollars a year as the, the ceo as yeah kim spano <laughs> yeah. you make 1.4 million dollars a year as the ceo of like a locally owned credit union like yeah. chill the fuck out bro yeah i mean the if you actually look at the real data in the workforce um you know uh, mano a mano these corporate jobs because you know the the women aren't complaining about the it's not even the women it's the woke people aren't complaining about the high risk hazard jobs entry level jobs mid level jobs all they're complaining about is the 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 corporate uh, whether you're a COO CEO and when you actually look at the data the women are actually getting paid more really yeah so and even uh, Jordan Peterson had brought that up as well and a couple other guys it's like every time you try to to place the argument that there's not equity or that, you know, that women are getting less. It's, it's not that at all. Then they take that argument and they push it to athletics. But the thing is in athletics, you're getting paid based on, you know, the money you're drawing in. And this is, that's a weird argument because I've seen that hugely lately with, with the WNBA and stuff like that. And I don't know the right answer for that because you're right. It is, you are getting paid as to what the overall sport is making or the, not the actual sport, but the overall, what would that be? Like the WNBA is a, is a commerce conference. Is that a conference? No. Uh, WNBA is a, is a league, a league. So there you go. has to generate revenue and that revenue gets shared for. So you're getting paid, you're getting paid off of what the league is generating for revenue. The NFL generates a massive amount of revenue, but I love women. Women are amazing and so special and, and, and the way their minds and their hearts work. And I just, I hold them on a pedestal. Right. But like, if you take the fastest woman from the Olympics swimming, I believe like the 10th fastest male beats every woman. Right. So like there is a physical, there is a physical difference. Like we can, we can all agree that there is a physical difference. Some sports, it's going to be drastic. Some sports, it's not going to be drastic at all. But if we're going to argue that women in the WNBA need to be making as much men as or as much as the men in the NBA or vice versa, then we also need to argue like 
Well, then maybe the people that are subpar players that are playing in the under leagues under the NBA, maybe they need to be making as much as the NBA. Maybe the entire sporting system of basketball needs to be all one giant umbrella and one is going to hold up all the other incomes, right? Like if we, we can't just argue the sex game because, yeah. because is the reason that we watch NBA and NFL and NHL versus the women versions of those leagues is it the is it the caliber of the game because the the secondary and tertiary leagues under the the the, the MLB are not making the type of money that the MLB is making right right i mean it's, it's <laughs> if they really want to make that argument i mean they got to fill the seats um you know when i was uh you know trying out for you know professional football I mean the the checks that even the guys that were on the practice squad were making versus if I would have signed a contract in Canada, which there's a little certificate behind me, I got you know invited to play a CFL. But the CFL checks I'm looking at as like back in my time versus millions of dollars. I mean the NFL in my time was three hundred thousand dollar minimum minimum yep. to get in. So you know I didn't get in. I just got the train camp. Also, and I went to CFL, they sent me letters like the one behind me and they're like, okay, well we start you out at 120,000. But a lot of these players, you know, that are, if you really get into NFL contracts and where players want to go, well, they are also concerned about the tax code because they're like, well, okay, how much of my money is going to the government and what's my net? So if I'm going to Canada, well, basically that would have been a $60,000 a year you know, get your ass beat up, and then what are you going to do the rest of the year? Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand. And if you guys haven't read it, I think I've talked to, I think I've talked about it a few times on here. But that new Neil Strauss book, Emergency, um, what Neil does is Neil Neil decides that because of the state of our country, he wants to basically start prepping for an escape and figure out a you know a bug in and a bug out plan and and learn all of the traits, all of the skills needed. Um, to kind of follow that, that lifestyle. And he starts to look at like dual citizenships or giving up his American citizenship. You can give up your American citizenship and become a citizen of another country. And you are still liable to pay American taxes for 10 fucking years yeah. on your income. So it doesn't matter where you go or who, where you're making money, you are going to pay American taxes. They yeah. got your ass. Yep. So how does that work if you play for a like if you play for the Green Bay Packers, but you live in Florida, you have to live there more than half the time, right? And then you don't pay Wisconsin taxes, or is it because you are paying for playing for a Wisconsin team? Are you paying Wisconsin taxes? Oh no! Like when you like um, the last ten years, the companies that I work for were not based. You know, basically, I was working for them, and one was in Boston, and one was in. Uh, um, based out of California. And when I file taxes, I file taxes under that state. So I still do what I normally do, but I only file it for that state. And then whatever income I generate in Wisconsin, I still have to pay taxes in Wisconsin, but I don't pay the feds based on Wisconsin tax rates. But you pay Wisconsin, you pay Wisconsin tax rates yeah, that's as confusing. That is confusing. So like, let's say if I move to Florida, you know, because I've been doing my research in Florida because I want to move there. Um, the income that I would make on the company that right now is based, technically my U.S. headquarters is based out of Wisconsin. Um, 
I would get the benefit of the Florida taxes. Yeah, because you're li- and, it, and it, it all goes off of the amount of time that you live somewhere, right? So yeah, I guess residency. If you residency. Yep. So if you were a football player, you would have to be in whatever state you want your residency more than half the time. Yeah. So okay, that, well, that which is pretty easy because somebody like Aaron Rodgers, well, he's got a massive you know contract, but he also lives in you know whatever Chico, California, wherever he's got his you know big place. But he's like, well, he also has a place in Wisconsin when he's during season, and that's obviously eight, nine months out of the year. Yeah, so it, it, for him, it's beneficial versus paying California taxes. Whereas if, if whereas if it was somebody that you know lived in Texas or Alaska or or Florida, and they were playing in for for California, yeah. it would be detrimental to them. They would have to figure out how to be home six months out of the year, which yeah. would be, which would be nearly impossible. I feel like. If yeah. you were playing a professional sport that's, you know, eight months out of the year. Yeah, I think it would be funny to do a heat map on where all the players reside technically full time. Oh, I bet there's something out there like that. Oh, yeah. Because uh, a lot of my buddies that, you know, I still know, um, they're either in Arizona area, um, Florida area, a lot in Florida area. Um, a lot of them don't really seek to stay in California. And if they do, they have a house elsewhere in like Ohio. Yeah. And some are actually in Wisconsin, but the big uh, heat map is actually in Kentucky. Really? Yeah. You'd be surprised. Is so. it is it because of its, I guess, lack of population, and or what is what's the draw in Kentucky? I don't know. I never really looked into that, but there's a lot of guys around the uh, Erlanger, Lexington, uh, Kentucky area. So if you, let's say, go to uh, Erlanger and just go to Best Buy, all of a sudden you see these dudes come out you know um, and you can tell oh yeah you can tell because so i was down there gosh how many years ago and i'm just uh, i was at a best bike set to get a cable and boom here's chris collinsworth coming out with a you know uh i don't know i don't think it was a dvd player but it was something something related i mean i can see the draw to the the tennessee kentucky kind of southern yep, missouri Tennessee's another one yep southern missouri i can see the draw there because you've got a, a moderately temperate climate but you still get seasons and you don't have big woke city populations the way that you do in Chicago, New York, LA. Like there is still like, right. Like Louisville is still, is still a fairly big area. You got Nashville, which is this weird, like anomaly in the middle. Nashville is basically the Las Vegas of the Midwest is kind of what that's turned into. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to, everybody's starting to migrate there. Which is which is weird. Um, I mean, I I like Nashville. I've I've been to Nashville. I don't think I would ever need to go downtown Nashville ever again, unless I was with somebody that's like, hey, let's go downtown. And I would appease them because I didn't hate it. Nice there place was, to visit. There was no draw to downtown. It was just a bunch of lines of ridiculous lines of people and crowded ass places that want to charge you forty dollars to go in and get one drink. Yeah, but if you like country music, there you go. But I feel like if you like real country music, I feel like the outskirts of Nashville is going to be a much more beneficial place because you're going to hear like the real people that moved to Nashville to fucking to make it. You're not going to yeah. hear the 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 poppy like already starting to make it people. You're going to hear the the true yeah, Nashville. Right. I think a lot of artists are like uh Franklin, Tennessee. A lot of them have their studios out there. Okay. You got Franklin, I think Brentwood. Goggins used to live at least to live in Brentwood. Somebody uh, I was talking to the other day about Goggins was like, oh, yeah, this guy that uh, this guy that I know used to pace him in a bunch of his races. And he's like, yeah, he's just a, an a total animal, like 
run through multiple pacers in his races and you just it's just wild which i did finish i finished his second book and it's it's good it's 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 crazy what that what that fucking human being puts his body through and what he's willing to do to i mean he was to a point where he was to a point in this in in his most recent history that he wasn't ever going to be able to run again because uh a guy went in and, and basically fucked his knee all up and uh one like risky possible surgery towards the end. Um, and the guy, the guy's basically made a joke. Like you should be able to, you'll, you'll be able to walk. You might be able to run. You're never probably going to jump out of airplanes again. And, and, and David kind of laughed, but his real goal was to go back and be a smoke jumper in fucking British Columbia. And so it was kind of like, well, Maybe not, but we're going to try it. And sure enough, that motherfucker is, is line jumping out of airplanes into fucking burning forests now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's crazy. Hey, circling back. Yes. Circling back on the uh, the football and the revenue and the equity and all that stuff that I originally brought up. Yeah. So what I meant to say is that you know, the reason the CFL salaries are so low, and when I was in arena ball, I mean, you're <laughs> the salaries, there's no real salary. You're just getting paid some cash by the week. And it's because these leagues only generate X amount of revenue. If you don't generate revenue, you can't pay anybody. And I think that's what people need to understand when they're like uh, screaming about the well, women's soccer league, you know, the uh, WNBA or, you know, women's softball. Uh, if if they're, they're complaining, you got to generate more revenue. If the, if you want to fill these seats, because half the WNBA games are like, they're empty. Well, then these woke folks need to go watch them because, I don't know, I see a lot of women like to go to the professional men's games, but you don't see a lot of people wanting to go to the professional women's games. No, Why is that? And that, that's what I was, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, is it the, is it the caliber of play or yeah. is it the lack of trend, right? Because we're very, we're very trendy as, as human beings. And as something becomes more popular, then all of a sudden we start to enjoy it more, right? Like you'll yeah. see it, you'll see a sport start to pick up and all of a sudden people that have never talked about this sport are starting to talk about the nuances of the sport. And is that because they've been introduced to something new that they're actually interested in? Or is it because it's the trendy thing to do and that it's more of a, a cultural and societally approved thing? So if that's the case, then how how does someone come in and, and basically a consultant for the WNBA um, make the WNBA relevant, like yeah. make it, make it make money because yeah. that's what you're going to have to have. And maybe it's a, a poor marketing. I, I don't know what and, it is. And that's what I mean. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's basically an entire business plan when you're going to sit down and do a business plan, you know, marketing is a big aspect of it, but also the product. What yeah. do you need to change? What do you need to change in the product? Maybe these, you know, maybe these ladies need to be doing, don't try to compete with the NBA, maybe make yourself the people's version of the NBA, right? Because there's a lot of people that love college sports yeah. that hate professional sports because those people, they're real people and they're a lot more um, uh, uh, touchable, right? You can, you see them out and maybe that's what the WNBA needs. You know, they need to be out doing community outreach, helping people, you know, making themselves popular so that people are like, Hey, I want to go watch the lady that came to our school and talked to us, I want to go watch her play basketball, right? Like it's a product, it's a price, it's a promotion, you know, it's doing a look at tennis. I mean, Serena Williams, you know, she makes more than most of the guys do. And what makes people want to watch her 
You know, what What about that Russian gal years ago? She's a tennis player, and she wasn't very – Anna Kornikova. Yeah. She wasn't very good. Yeah. But for some reason, she had a massive She was gorgeous, draw. I think, right? What's that? Wasn't she gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. So – Which is weird to say. Like, we are definitely – no matter how we try not to be shallow individuals, we are slightly shallow individuals. Yeah, but, you know, the – you know the sexy dudes right if, if you talk to most women you know if you even ask my my daughter about so who's your favorite team in football my daughter would say the 49ers right because they have jimmy garoppolo and i guy, don't know who that is so garoppolo looks like he belongs on the cover of a magazine and the women like him like remember when they used to you know like brady oh yeah you know when brady didn't look like uh you know he went through all yeah old age stuff, yeah yeah but, yeah so there's there's the attraction to them so then they they have a they have an emotional yeah. connection to them why, and then why that becomes, quarterbacks get all the the attention right because yeah. they're the you know unless they're uglier and shit yeah they they create a draw well they're they're and they're generally you know it's it's a very much a generalization but how the fuck we get in this deep into this topic they are generally intelligent right so when you have oh, yeah. when you have an attractive human being especially a male who is fit could take care of you in a in a dangerous situation and is intelligent and intrigues your mind game over yeah and that's why they pay quarterback so much money um so yeah so that kind of clears the uh the equity thing up i hope hey i wanted to touch base on something real quick we had talked about uh i think we were talking about norton utilities yeah and if they have to pay um, so so for the programmers out there, what I was talking about is when you used to buy software in these boxes, now you don't. Uh, remember all those sheets of paper with all the fine print that basically had to give, you know, licensing information. So now you can just look that stuff up. So under Norton um, or under any software, there's what's called a third party uh, attribution, which basically is for you programmers out there, whenever you program anything for Windows, most of the time you used to have to write it in uh, Microsoft Net. So you have to write it in a Microsoft product. So for like Norton Utilities, we think, oh, Norton's by themselves. But no, you have to pay to play. So what I was talking about is in their third-party attribution, the the very first page they have to give a legal notice to that they bought a license from uh, Microsoft Corporation, ATL server, library, and tools because they have to build Norton using that. Using their tools. And then on top of that, they have to pay the uh, Microsoft Limited permissive license to basically have that software be able to play with uh, with Windows. Okay. So Microsoft is making money off of anyone that's selling Microsoft-compatible software. Yeah. So that way when you buy Microsoft, you don't, you know, you break it and then also Microsoft, you know, blames you. They're like, oh, yeah, we... Uh, we have to support that also or make a patch for it. So, okay. So, yeah. So it's third party attribution and usually the type is like two point type. Of course. It always, it's that bullshit is. And damn pages long. I can't even, oh, 50 pages. Like everyone would read that. I love those when it's like agree, like, especially when they won't let you go on with whatever you're trying to do until you say that you, until you say that you've read it and agreed, like, come on. I yeah. read it and agreed. That's that's almost as bad as the as the worst lie in rock music. Yeah, you know what the worst lie in rock music is, right? No. When Kurt Cobain sang, "I don't have a gun." <laughs> Did you make that up? No, no, that's a joke. One of my buddies sent me the other day. No, <laughs> it's an awful joke. It's like one of those where it's cringy, but you, it's also hilarious. 
Wow. But yeah, but that's the biggest lie that all of us, right? Like, yeah, of course I read that 7,000 words that would mean absolutely nothing to me because it's the biggest bullshit legal speak we could think of. Yeah, we made it the smallest type possible. And even though that it fits under 50 pages, I'm like, what's, what's in there? So what am I signing off to? So I have to ask, have you, have you listened to the Eric Weinstein, Joe Rogan yet? The four hour one on quantum physics and quantum mechanics. It wasn't recent, was it? Yeah, it's real recent. Really? Um, oh, hold no. on. Let me, let me grab my, let me grab my device here and pull up my Spotify. It was, uh, this maybe like two weeks ago. Um, it's absolutely insane. It is. Episode 1945 from, for, oh, from the week of my birthday, uh, February 22nd. So if you guys don't know who Eric Weinstein is, Eric Weinstein is a, I believe, a theoretical physicist. And when he was in grad school, he came up with a group of, right, so you have a thesis, right, when you're going to go, I don't remember if it was a doctorate or his master's, but you have a thesis, right? Yeah, doctorate, his, yeah. His entire thesis was based around these, these complex equations that would start to question, like, Einstein's um, relativity. Not necessarily, not necessarily say it's wrong, but say that there, it might be missing some things. And these and I got all this from the podcast. So if you guys want to listen, it is a tough listen. It's four hours and a lot of it's on quantum dynamic physics. And you're, you're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck he just said for the last 10 minutes. But yeah, Rogan must have been on some mushrooms. So, right. So Eric comes up with 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 these equations and he goes to his um, thesis director or whoever, whoever he has to get it approved through. And the guy's like, no, these you can't use these these spinners in these equations. It's just it doesn't work like you can't do it. And he's and he's pissed off, but he kind of like backs off of it. And then uh, this other guy who's leaps and bounds above anyone else in physics, like he the way that he the way that he speaks, no one else. Basically, he says things, then everybody else has to figure them out because he's already his brain just works to this level. He's doing a talk at his school. I think he's at heart. I think Eric was at Harvard at the time and he's doing a talk at Harvard and somebody stands up and says, you know, uh, how should we be looking at this? He goes, well, the problem is, is when you guys are looking at this, you're using the wrong equations and he just moves on. So then somebody stands up later and they're like, before, when you said we're using the wrong equations, what equation should we be using? And he's like, well, just off the top of his head, he goes, you should be looking at an equation, something like this. And it's literally like almost exactly what Eric had come up with for his thesis. Two weeks or a month or two later, the guy that told him he couldn't do it is is speaking to the entire school and he's like it i feel like i've been liberated i've been living in a prison my whole life using these equations whereas now with these new equations and and, he, and and somebody stands up and they and they go didn't we have a doctoral student that wanted to use these and everybody looks at eric and the guy cannot get out of his own fucking way and pull his own balls out and 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 say yes he just doesn't say a fucking word and that day forward Eric changes his entire professional career to be an entertainer because as an entertainer, anything you say is copywritten versus as a scientist or as a mathematician, you have to actually get something published before it's your work. So that's why he changes himself to be an basically quote unquote entertainer, but he's on 
the Rogan podcast talking about a lot of advancement in quantum mechanics and quantum physics and basically saying that all this not necessarily saying that all the stuff Bob Lazar talked about with the propulsion devices and the alien stuff that he was working on is real, but saying that with our new understanding of a lot of how this stuff works, all of that that Bob was talking about in the 80s is possible. Hmm. And so Eric, basically Eric is coming on saying, I don't want to believe in aliens, but the more and the deeper that we get into physics and mathematics... I need someone to be able to tell me that I'm wrong with what I'm with my equations that I'm putting forward and my ideas that I'm putting forward. And so far, no one can. So he's saying that there's aliens, a possibility of interstellar travel, multi dimensions. And then I started thinking about this um, when I was talking with somebody else is. So do you understand, do you, do you understand how um, protons and neutrons work in our atoms and like a majority of what you feel and see? It is all it's all open airspace. So if you look at me, I'm carbon and then I'm a bunch of electricity and that's what makes me up. And if you took out all the electricity and the open space between the dense matter in my cells and in my atoms that make me up, I would fit in a ball like this big. It's hmm. like it, it's all the it's all the 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 space between the elements that make up what we feel and what we see. And. So then I started to extrapolate that into how we're talking about energy and how Eric is talking about anti-gravity being a possibility. And we always think of extraterrestrials or as alien beings as an organic being, right? Some of us see them as as the archetypal big head, black eyes, tall, skinny, slender, smooth Right. We, th- we think of aliens like that or some people think of them as like a like a scary being or whatever kind of your archetypal idea of what you see as an alien. But if we're just carbon and energy, is there a chance that a extraterrestrial being is really just energy and something else or energy in itself? Because if you think about how fast you can send an email across yeah. the world, that's. That's data. That's energy. That's yeah. moving. So if you were if 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 you were a being that was not necessarily tied to a organic matter and you were just an energy, yeah. you could travel across space time in milliseconds versus us taking a hundred thousand years to get to the next solar system. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So that was just a. <laughs> interesting little dive that I took the other day after listening to that podcast. Cause it's, that's what I love about Rogan is he'll have that him on and then he'll have Shane Gillis on talking about the first show that he ever did as a stand-up comic. His entire family comes, came to the show and his closing joke was about, would you rather, it was something like, would you rather shoot yourself in the head or suck your dad's dick? And he's got to tell this joke with his dad in the fucking audience. And his line is like, you say that you'd rather shoot yourself. But when it comes time to actually pull that trigger, you're like, give me that dick, daddy. (laughs) And he's got to say this joke. So, like, those podcasts are right next to each other in the in the line. And that's that's one of the best things that Rogan has. Rogan, uh, he podcasts, what, every day? Uh, Three times a week, usually. Oh, three times? Yeah, three times a week, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Three times a week for, you know, three hour average. Yeah. 
But if that's your fucking whole job, like that would be great. I would love to be able to talk to people, you know, like that. Yeah. The caliber of the people that he gets on his show is just is, is amazing, right? Yeah. Like when you're that big, I mean, you got a list. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's everybody lined up, and half the people just want to talk about their book that they're trying to sell. But then you you got to be able to you know elaborate and get more out of them. You know. Yeah. Kind of figure out who their personality is. Yeah. Or just shoot the shit. Yeah. It's basically what they do half the time. Talk about Ohio and how there's another fucking train derailment. Do you see that? Another one on top of the one that. Oh yeah. Uh-oh, what was the chemical in this one? There's no chemicals in this one. This one is just boxcars. Hmm. But. What was in them? Uh, I don't even think it told us what was in them. Um, you can tell that they're just shipping containers. Uh-oh. But what is they're going on that this is happening in this area? Is this some sort of. Um, is this happening on purpose? Is there, you know, an, an external player that is that is causing this? What's, you know, what what the hell is going on that's that's happening in this specific area yeah i mean what are what about all the uh fear about tainting the water system is that legit yeah i think so um that water system runs up uh through a lot of red states well um i don't know as far as how that aquifer works but those systems when they get that deep down into the water where they're actually where you're pulling your actual drinking water from if you have a deep well or you or your or the the aquifer runs you know under 10 states yeah that water might be okay but a majority of your livestock doesn't drink that water a majority of the wildlife doesn't drink that water you know that that water has to be taken from 300 400 feet into the ground from a well yeah. That's not what wildlife drinks. That's not what livestock drinks. That's not what we're using to, you know. Hmm. So if you think about that, like. This has got to be tied in with all the uh, chicken farms going up and <laughs> all the food production facilities up in smoke. Yeah. I mean, if you if you were. <laughs> it seems like it's really odd, man. It's happening in clusters. If you were an external player and you were trying to plan the demise of a superpower and you didn't want it to look like you were doing it or you didn't want it to look like it was planned i can't say that it wouldn't look like what our last few years have looked like i don't know unless they think that we're that dumb or majority of the population is that dumb and we're just talking about something people are overlooking i mean i i honestly think and i and i don't want to i don't want to I don't want to call people dumb because I don't think it, I don't think it is dumb, but what I think it is, is I think it's like when you watch a magician, right? When you watch a magician, a good magician, you can look at him and you can go, holy shit, how did that happen? But I know it's not magic, right? Like you can still, you can be from a place where you know that it's still illusion, but it still doesn't mean that you can tell where it is. And I think that's where a lot, a majority of our population is. I think they know something's fucked up. I think they know something's wrong, but they they can't say how it's happening. They can't say who's doing it. So it's a it's really hard to sound right. Like if 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 I wanted to say, if I wanted to say, I think there's an alien that comes and visits me. 
well, why, Paul? Why do you think there's an alien that comes and visits you? And I come back with this ridiculous list of shit that happens that none of them seem linked together, but they all seem kind of odd. You look at me and go, uh-huh, sure. Whereas if I came to you and said, I think there's an alien that visits me, he comes and sits and talks to me. And I have this video of me talking to him and you can't see him, but I can promise this is a real conversation. Like that's a little bit more believable versus like yeah. if I came to you and said, I think that there's something trying to be detrimental to our country. Well, why? Well, because all this crazy shit is happening. How are those linked? Well, I don't exactly know yet. Yeah, I don't know. Patterns. Patterns and clusters. But I guess we'll see if more stuff keeps happening. Yeah. So. Well, I don't think it's going to get less. I know. It's. What about those people in that area? Those people in that area are fucked. Especially anybody that, you know lives paycheck to paycheck, doesn't have family to go live with, um, needs to go to their job every day so that they can survive and make sure their kids don't die. Those people are fucked. Yeah. That's where, that's where some of our fucking Ukraine money should probably be going. And right. I'm a little torn on this whole Ukraine thing too. The deeper that we get into it and the more that you start to think about that whole like Eastern Europe fluctuation that has happened over hundreds of years. I understand that it's probably cheaper for us to stop Russia or help stop Russia in Ukraine than it's going to be if they hit a NATO country like Poland and we have to actually go to war, yeah. right? But also why are we spending so much money to help a corrupt country maintain a border that has been in fluctuation for thousands of years. Right. I don't have the answer for that. I don't know that either. I don't know that either one of them is right. I don't know that letting them just flounder is right. And I don't know that what we're doing is right. Right. And you got to look at, I mean, things at home here aren't very stable. Yeah. And that's where you have to kind of pull your resources as a priority. And right now the priority is not there. Because I think there's a lot more going on than just, you know, shipping money to Ukraine because we want to help. So I don't think it's beyond us, but it takes a lot of, we have to really think about. Is it, is it, tell me this, is it just simple irony that Burisma, the corrupt energy co company, that Hunter Biden was getting paid a million dollars a year to sit on the board was Ukrainian. And we happen to now with Joe Biden in office, be sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, like out of all the countries over there, like how, how is that both Ukrainian? Is there any connection there? <laughs> I don't know. Quacks like a duck. It's a duck. I know. So. You know, I think people got to stop just thinking that these politicians are, you know, are innocent and they mean well. They're they're here to protect their themselves first and their pockets, and they've proven that over and over again. And even the guys that you know that I know that have gone into it with good hearts, I don't know who they are right now. I'm worried about the guys that just got in. Yeah, because I think that. You know, you don't want to say blackmail, but it's like, okay, once you get into that arena, 
Is there something they hold over you? Tell me this. That changes you. If you poured a cup of clear water into a toilet full of shit, how hard is it for that clear water to stay clear? Right. It's going to get brown pretty quick. It's going to get brown real fucking quick. Yeah. And that's what I was just actually, I was actually just having this conversation. The other, who's this? Uh, oh, fuck. I'm not even going to remember his name. This, this new guy that's going to run for office. Um, he's going to run for president. Run for president. Yeah, he's going to run for president. And he's apparently Donald Trump on steroids. And I cannot think of his name. I'll think of it and, and, and put it in the, in the, in the in the notes but this guy is basically saying i like everything trump did he just didn't do it good enough he's like the 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 epa you don't take and put your person in charge of the epa you have to demolish the entire epa you don't take and put your person in charge of the nih you have to demolish the entire nih you have to replace the entire system because all you're doing hmm. is then making your person that you put in charge get tainted by all the fucking mess, right? He's talking to FBI, same thing. He's like, you're not going to fix the FBI. The FBI's fucked. And I cannot think of who this, who, who this guy is. Does um, he have a current? He's got a position? weird name. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Sorry, I had to pause that so we could look it up. Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, this is the dude that's basically like, you gotta, you gotta rebuild the entire system the right way. You you don't just get to go in and fix the current systems, which I'm in the I just started. I'm not in the middle. I'm only a few hours in to the uh the book The Real Anthony Fauci that Robert Bobby Kennedy wrote. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of what he's saying in here is that these these um, organizations, I guess, under the federal government have been so tainted by influence and by money that you're never going to be able to go in and, and fix these systems with a scalpel. You are going to have to blow the entire system up and rebuild it. Wow. So he's the dude that wrote Woke Incorporated, Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. Oh, I'll have to add that to my reading list. He is running for president, right? Like, I'm not, I didn't make that up. Yeah, he's um, and he wants to do it by basically grassroots uh, funding. Plus, the dude's got you know, he's uh, what almost a billionaire. Yeah, if, I mean, he's if not he's, already. Yeah, if he's that close to a to a billionaire, I mean, he probably what do you, so he's a tech entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, did it say what his healthcare and tech sector entrepreneur? Okay, conservative commentator. So is where is he from? Articulate. Vivek Ramaswamy. Declared his candidacy for president less than two weeks ago. And his campaign is a huge uh, personal investment. Okay. Bit for White House is going to be lifted by bottom-up grassroots donations by the $1 donations, $5, and $20 donations. And they're roughly averaging about 900 contributions a day. Well... Dude, I love this guy's bullet points. End affirmative action, abandon climate religion, use the military to protect our border and end Mexican drug cartels, shut down the FBI, U.S. Department of Gov and other agencies, term limits for bureaucrats. His bullet points are definitely attractive. Man. The real political, here we go. This is very much true. 
The real political divide in our country isn't Republicans versus Democrats. It's self-governance versus aristocracy. Wow. He's got some really good points. It's pro-America and anti-America. If we see it in this way, we win in 2024, a runaway landslide. I mean, he's not wrong. Wow. This guy is... uh... Hmm. Born in born born in Cincinnati to Indian parents. Do you think do you think those same Republicans come out and ask for a birth certificate since he's Indian? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think it's pretty clear. You didn't have a, a murky background like Barack did. Oh, and there's there's your Republican coming out in you. You don't even know. Who knows if his background's murky? You just heard about him just today. You just right. made an assumption that his background's not murky. I just, I don't like Barack, period. I, I know, I know. It's an, it's an interesting story there with his whole with his whole background and, and his mom and his dad and... and his brother and his you know, Guy's just weird. You know, I'm a little tainted by the whole Benghazi thing anyway. CIA director says China is considering providing lethal aid to Russia in order to assist Russian forces in the war against Ukraine. Oh, hey, why are you doing that? Uh, yeah. I figured since we're burning a lot of time here, just to give you guys an update on what's going on in the world today. So so I was at a conference last week. I wasn't uh, superheroing anything. Oh, you weren't? Oh, you did? Well, okay. I wasn't a, sure a, if you listened. I wasn't sure if you listened. some foreign figure or anything <laughs> else like that. Um, but I, I was down, yeah, down in California. Spent a day and a half in a Seal Beach and then... Came up through uh, Long Beach and L.A. So, so there was a big international conference. It just looks at everything that's coming over from, you know, basically China, um, Vietnam. And what they're finding is there's a lot of capacity on these ships now. So the prices have dropped because I, I believe a year ago we were talking about how outrageous they were. You're talking twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000 a container. So yeah. if you got to containers full of rubber dildos um you'd have to spread that twenty five thousand over all them dildos so now basically they've dropped down to things going to west coast is about less than fifteen hundred dollars a container fifteen hundred fifteen hundred so went from twenty five thousand to fifteen hundred and just the base ocean rate is technically there's some as low as twelve hundred right now that scares me yes as to the strength of our economy Yep, because uh, this is something that, yeah, you got to know is like, oh, we relieved pressure on the um, ocean freight. Well, okay, this is the supply chain. That's why it's called supply chain. So now the issues that I'm dealing with is the warehousing. So how a supply chain should work is everything is, quote, what's called just in time. And just in time means that, hey, you just bring in enough stuff that's going to sell has a little bit of turnover, like maybe 30 days, and get it out of the warehouse, and you bring some more in. Well, the problem is, is consumer spending um, a few weeks ago is down about 30%. And how does that concern you? It means people are running out of money. People are going to stop spending. And the issue that we have with warehouse pricing going through the roof, and by going through the roof, it's West Coast-wise, it's up to about 77% above what average cost is and the reason that because of that is there's no capacity because all these companies now have all this inventory because one you don't have people buying anything 
And the other is that because of COVID, they were freaked out. They're like, man, we can't, we got to get product over here and store it. Well, now you're running out of storage space. So now that jacks up that cost, uh, labor costs are jacked up. So, you know, you have to understand where's that cost going to go? How are you going to recover that money? It eventually it's going to end up the consumer, but the consumer's running out of money. So if you put two and two together, what does that, you know, tell you? I mean, we're headed into a little deep, dark hole coming up soon here. If we're not, we're technically already in it. Well, I think, I think Elon said last week, and I've heard it from somebody else too. I don't think this was his idea, but you know, everybody listens to Elon. He said, uh, I, I wouldn't spend much money in the next 18 months. Yep. Just hold your money and see how dark it's going to get. Yep. Cause we're, we're in it. It's just, people are still spending and they're spending and stretching their credit out and you're going to get in trouble if you're living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So I think Elon saying the right thing is just stop halt spending, stop buying shit and slow down and just, you know, you're going to have to ride out some dark times right now. And I mean, I can see it on my end already. We had, we, we did the same exact thing. We were running out of inventory of specific products that we had to import. So we ordered giant amounts, right? Like, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like three orders all showed up at the same time and sales are down on some of this stuff, especially the type of products that were being purchased with government money because now there is no more government money coming out. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're backed up and prices prices have gone up, right? Because every, mm-hmm. when something sounds like crazy, then you raise the price and all they're like, oh, let's raise the price. Well, you guys, I don't know if you understand, but you're raising the price on something that we're, we're already not selling. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're looking at, well, I got to recover costs. And then that's exactly what happened because we did pay 25000 And these companies paid all that, all that inventory that is in those warehouses cost those companies 25 20 grand yeah. per container to get there and now they're paying monthly to warehouse the shit there yeah that all adds to the price of your of your you know giant mom-sized dildo yeah like that's gonna that's gonna start to raise real fast yep people aren't gonna be able to afford it you're gonna just all of a sudden it's gonna come to a screeching halt Ooh, the problem I bet, is i bet that's the next u.s government bailout it could be i bet so, I mean, that's what this Edmund's prone to do. The issue he just have is just, you know, this is technically the recession. I mean, that's the word to put it. We're in it. We're just not feeling it because people are still getting their tax dollars back. And what do they do when they get it? They spend it. And we are in such a society where there's so much retail therapy. People just need to buy stuff. They need it showing up at the door. They need to walk through a store and find something, right? It's like uh, I've noticed uh, like Friday evenings. Why does Walmart get jam-packed on Friday evenings? There's people spending hours in there because, you know, I have an intersection by my place that I go by and I'll see, you know, there's some cars that you can just tell. Like, I'll, to be honest to God, truth, there's like this Dodge Charger that is like pimped out. Like somebody decided to, I don't know where they get this, you know, shitty chrome adhesive crap all over and put little stickers all over it. Maybe it's, you know, they're expressing themselves. Sure. Why not? But you know, I'm running errands, I'm getting groceries, you know, hitting, getting gas. All of a sudden I'm coming back through that intersection. It's two plus hours later, that car's still there. And this parking lot is still full on a Friday night. So it's telling me that guess what? People are spending their Friday nights, you know, doing retail therapy at these stores just because they need to spend money. Well, I think it's a combination. I don't think it's need to spend money. What I think it is, is that 
there's a lot of people that have nothing better to do than they have to no, store. Yeah. I think they, I, I think they don't have hobbies. They don't have good, healthy, strong relationships to call on. They don't have meaning. And what they do is it's, should we go out to dinner and go to the bar or should we go walk around Costco? Should we go walk around Walmart? Should we go walk around Home Depot? Right. And I don't, how much money are they spending? I think some of them are spending a lot. I think some of them aren't very spending very much. I think what it is, is we're, I think we're winter in Wisconsin and it gets, it's somebody's, it's not your house. You're out doing something. You're in public, even though you're not really in public because you're not talking to anybody else there. It's not like you're at a, you know, at a park or an event where you're actually enjoying something with other people. Um, But you're in the, in the, in the physical space of other people. And um, I think that then combines with the dopamine spikes that you get from purchasing something. Um, And it creates this vicious circle of you not necessarily, you're you're consuming, you're being a consumer, whether it's consumption using your time or it's consumption using your money or it's consumption using your attention span. You're still just being a consumer. And I think that's kind of the, that's the catch 22 to, to our podcast, basically to, to anyone that's in our place is we are trying to take everyone and make them more of a producer, more of a healthy, balanced individual and less of a consumer, but we're creating a product that needs to be consumed. And it's this weird, like if you get such a busy life that you quit listening to us and you're you know, kicking ass and don't need us, then we've worked ourselves out of a job. It's like being a good parent, you know? Yeah. Which is such a weird place to be. You know, we're already such a, we're, you know, people that listen to this podcast and people that, people that are like us, people that are, are, are constant world challengers. Um, we're few and far between. We're a pretty small percentage. Well, that was a wild flipping ride. That was 54 minutes of us not getting to the podcast topic. Next week, we'll pick up where we left off and we'll break down a bunch of added info from our previous podcast we did about improving your circle, along with a bunch of tips and tricks to make sure the most badass dudes are in your, or chicks, I guess, too, are in your corner. Hope you guys have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.